I'm thankful for my man of God who is in my life. I've known your pastor for a while, not as long as some of you, but I can say that he has truly been this exact essence of what God has been to us many times over for me personally. I've sat in his office and said, Pastor, this part of me is broken. I don't know how to fix it. And sure enough, the Holy Ghost spoke through him. Sean, it wasn't always what I wanted to hear, but it ministered to my spirit. Amen? Brokenness is a situation that we all must face at one point or another in our lives. It's a desolate place, a fearful place, a painful place. It is a place of loneliness. It is a place without words. It is a place where nothing you say or anyone else says eases the pain of the brokenness in your spirit. Am I talking to anyone this morning? David articulated his brokenness by nights of soaking his couch with his tears. Job described it as his spirit being broken and the grave ready to receive him. Great suffering can come of the brokenness in our spirit. And the end game is a road so lonely that we cannot see past our own situation. And if I could just take a few minutes this morning to minister to some of you, I want to talk to you about when brokenness is made whole. Lord, help me to preach your word. Help me to reach somebody. Help us, God, to find the fractured pieces of our spirit. And Lord Jesus, to deliver them into your hand today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. I'm going to need your help today. I know that when some of you were thinking quietly just a minute ago, I could see vaguely and partially across the congregation some of you had welled up eyes. You don't want to tell your neighbor about it. You don't want to talk to your friends about it. You don't even want to talk to the pastor about it. But you've got brokenness in your spirit today. In our fast-paced and ultra-elitist culture that we have in this country, brokenness is often categorized as failure. It's categorized as weakness. It's categorized as insufficiency, shamefulness, and embarrassment. It's made fun of and laughed at. It's poked at and prodded at. It's turned into a punchline and a joke. Mankind is inherently evil and so rather than minister one to another, we find ourselves, rather than being in support, we become as the chickens inside the nest that find the spot on one person's life where they have some brokenness and we begin to peck at that thing until the person ends up leaving, running away, hiding, or breaking even further. There is brokenness in people's spirit. And we don't know that that little blemish and spot that we see when Sean has a little flare up with his attitude, I'm not picking on you, but we don't see the brokenness that's behind the attitude he presented. We just see the attitude and we start correcting him and get it offended by him and start telling the pastor about him and start running our mouth about him. We don't understand that there's brokenness in his spirit. And if you are the broken today, I'm going to just help bring you to the forefront here. You try to cover it up. You try to hide it. You try to make it seem like it's not there. You ignore it, but it keeps raising its head. 
You try to pretend like it's not a part of your life. No matter, no matter how many times you try to bury this thing, and no matter how deep you dig to put dirt on the top of it, somehow it raises from the dead. Brokenness is not easily erased. Brokenness is visible, and we wish that it wasn't. We know it's visible. And because we know it's visible, this causes us to recluse and excuse ourselves and back off and separate ourselves and disconnect where we should be connected. Brokenness makes us vulnerable. And no one wants to be visibly vulnerable. Anyone have any dogs or cats in the house? You know what one of the most vulnerable positions your dog or cat can be in is when it's laying on its back and it exposes its stomach to you. It's a tremendous sign of trust. The animal is telling you, listen, in my most vulnerable position, laying on my back with no protection covering me, I will expose myself if you will just scratch my stomach a little bit. Now, I don't know about you, Jim, but when I have a moment of vulnerability, the last thing I'm doing is calling up Brother Greg and say, hey, bro, I got this big problem that I'm having. I got brokenness, and I want to tell you all about it. Pieces of me are fractured apart, and I want to talk to you about how it hurts me all the time. Is that anybody in here? First thing I do is call up my friends and say, hey, man, I got this big failure this week, Brother Jim. I, I messed up huge. Want to know about it? I got this really bad problem with my faith, Brother Rich. Let me tell you all about it. We don't make those phone calls. We don't tell people about that. We don't talk to people because our brokenness is deep. It's not just on the surface, but it has roots. And whether we like it or not, whether you like it or not today, I'm here to tell you right now, your brokenness is visible. You can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all of the people all of the time. You got brokenness in your spirit today, and I've seen it on your face, and the Lord sees it, and the Lord knows it. You are not left in your broken state. Nobody wants to be seen as broken. Nobody wants to be known for being broken. This is one of the greatest travesties of people that operate in, in, in callings and gifts and ministries in the church. Brokenness creeps into the marriage. And so brokenness comes upon the man or the woman's faith. And brokenness causes unfaithfulness and adultery. Brokenness comes into a perverted mind because at one point or another that mind was corrupted and that mind became broken and certain things began to be seen or done that weren't ever seen or done before. But the root of it is because somewhere in there brokenness crept in. Nobody wants to be visibly broken. In fact, it's the reason why some of you will not come to the altar. It's the reason why some of you aren't filled with the Holy Ghost. It's the reason why some of you haven't been given the ministry that God wants to give you. 
because you're not willing to come out and be visibly broken in front of your brothers and sisters up here. Now, I don't know about all of you, but I can tell you right now, the day that that little old lady turned around and asked me if I wanted the Holy Ghost, I cared about nothing else. I just wanted to experience what these Pentecostal people were experiencing. I just wanted to have whatever it was God had for me because I knew right then that this was my moment. And even though my brokenness had to be exposed, I was willing to be visibly broken. And because nobody wants to be visibly broken, you think the devil doesn't know that? Well, what are they going to say about me? I've been to the altar five times and nothing's changed. I still got the same mess in my family. Where's my God? Where's my faith? They're going to talk about me. They're going to ask questions. They're going to say something. I, I just, it's embarrassing. I got to cry. I'm going to snot. I'm going to, I've had people come up to the altar, man. They've had snot hanging down to here. Some of you need that kind of move of God in your life. I'm just here to tell you right now. Some of you need to come up here and get snot all over our platform that we got to call Brother Chris to have his people come in and clean it out. We got to have some people that are willing to be visibly broken in the altar. You got to stop worrying about praying for everyone else this morning. You got to address your brokenness. You got to stop praying for your spouse and you got to address your brokenness. You got to stop praying for your kids and start addressing your brokenness. You're never going to get where you need to be. Those prayers can never get where they need to go until you can get your brokenness mended and the inside of you handled. And the devil knows that. The devil knows that the broken pieces of you are vulnerable. He knows that they are tender spots. In other words, he knows what hit you where it hurts. The devil ever come around and just say, find a really strong part of your faith and say, hey, devil doesn't do that. What the devil does is he finds that one thing that really hurts your family. And that's where he goes. He finds that one thing that really keeps you up at night, and that's where he visits. He finds that thing that's really got you stressed out, and he pushes his finger right inside the wound, nice and slow, just so that you can be reminded that the brokenness is still there. He knows what manipulative tricks will twist your mind. He knows where to plant thoughts when you're at your lowest. He knows how and when to tempt you so that God becomes just a phase in your life. And before you know it, you're backslid and you're calling the pastor saying, Pastor, I need to get back to church. But brokenness made you leave. The devil knows how to use those that are around you to break you and to break your brokenness even further. The devil loves broken people. You believe that? The devil is capable of love. The devil loves broken people. The devil loves broken people because they are an easy target in a moment of weakness. Devil loves broken people because they don't know who they are, and so he gives them an identity. The devil loves broken people because in their frustration, they isolate, and he can convince them to stay isolated. Are you hearing me? 
The devil loves broken people. Because broken people often turn to coping mechanisms that become addictions. Anyone have anyone in their family that's got some addictions? What do you think caused some of that? The devil capitalized on their brokenness. The devil loves broken people because it usually took someone that this broken person trusted to break them. Has anyone ever been betrayed by someone in your family? Have you ever been betrayed by someone you considered a close friend? Have you ever had someone that you trusted that put the knife right in between your shoulder blades? The devil is an expert at destroying relationships. Broken people wander. They search for a means to an end but never find it. They become lost in worst case scenarios, tricked into thinking, I can handle this. I don't need a pastor. I don't need to pray. I can make it through this week. It's okay. But every single day on this earth, broken people walk away from an altar unchanged. Broken people walk away from God untouched and broken people walk away from the word unfed because their brokenness is not made whole are you hearing me am I reaching anybody because I can feel the brokenness hovering in some of your hearts right now and I can feel the Holy Ghost weighing on some of you right now it's not easy to bear a broken heart Anyone had a broken heart? Anyone willing enough to testify right now that you have a broken heart? My heart is broken right now for something I got going on. It's cracking right now under the foundation of the words I speak as I preach to you. I have brokenness in my spirit. It's even harder not just to bear the broken heart but to conceal it. And those of you that cover it up and put the smile on your face every time you walk in here know exactly what I'm talking about. You come in, you do your job, you go to the altar, you do what you're supposed to do, you carry around the weight of injustice served to you by friends, family, and loved ones, those who betrayed you. It's confusing, it's misaligning, it's uprooting, it rearranges everything that you knew, rearranges everything that you were, it puts you in a state of spiritual shock, and the after effects are so destructive, you end up forgetting who it was that you were supposed to be when you first found out that God was coming into your life. Brokenness is what's there. It's strange your relationships. It's injured your faith. It's caused you grief. You have brokenness in your spirit. Laying down brokenness, Brother Chris. Shakarabaha. Laying down brokenness is a sacrifice. I don't know about you, but it's not easy for me to sacrifice things because sacrifices are meaningful and we lay down the meaningful thing. Abraham took his son as a sacrifice. Dads, would you take your son up the mountain? 
Mothers, would you take your daughter up the mountain? Remember I said it's not easy. It's not easy not just because you have to carry it, but it's a sacrifice and sacrifices hurt. In Psalm 51 and 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, thou will not despise. When we can bring God our broken pieces, he can fit them into the bigger picture. Let's just pray for just a minute. Oh, Jesus. 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 Hear our brokenness today. See the fractures of my heart. The enemy will take the fractured pieces and shards and shambles and exploit them as weakness. He'll distract your mind and convince you you have nothing to offer. But let me help you this morning. Before I go any further and we get any deeper, I want to just tell you and reassure you, God did not bring you this far just to abandon you. God did not walk your family through all the hell it's going through just to let it fall apart. God did not just let some adversary come in to watch you backslide and be left for dead on the side of the road. Rest assured, someone needs to get this deep down in their spirit this morning. God will have the last word when it comes to you. God will have the last word when it comes to your children. Hashaka. God will have the last word when it comes to your faith. God will have the last word when it comes to your healing. God will have the last word when it comes to your brokenness. The devil will lie to you and convince you that you have no place. The devil crushes me when I'm at my lowest. And as I stand here with nothing inside of me and I'm laying down and I'm torn apart and everything inside of me is spilled out and my guts are everywhere. He catches me at a moment of weakness. And I'm already so empty. I'm already so empty, Brother James. And then the devil just comes in. And my family is falling apart. And my prayer life has fallen apart. And my friends are abandoning me. And the faith that I used to pray with 
it's no longer there. And the pieces of my life that I used to love are gone. My anxiety is through the roof. And I used to sing with joy. And I used to love coming to church. And as I lay here on the floor in shambles, the enemy keeps beating me into a thousand small pieces. And there is nothing left of me. And I am broken. Brokenness has a place in the kingdom of God. In Genesis 21, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hagar was heartbroken when Abraham sent her away. In 1 Samuel, Hannah was grieving her heart's unfulfilled desire to get pregnant. She was heartbroken. In 2 Samuel, Bathsheba had a broken heart after her husband was killed. Job was suffering from heartbreak after he lost everything. Mary and Martha were troubled and heartbroken and lost when Lazarus lay four days and he stinketh. Ruth and Naomi were heartbroken when their husbands died. Leah was crushed as her husband loved and favored her sister more than her. Brokenness was part of these people's destiny. And you say, well, Brother Joe, that sounds like a raw deal. Yeah, but if you can see David now, if you can see Martha and Mary now, if you can see Lazarus now, if you can see Leah now, the devil's brokenness will leave you broken. But let me illustrate to you how heaven views these same fractures in your spirit. My grandmother, rest her soul, used to collect antique pig figurines. Her house was filled with them. They were on her windowsills, on her shelves. Dad, you remember. They were everywhere. And I remember looking at one one time, and I said, the more I looked at it, and all these broken pieces off of it, I said, Grams, I said, this thing's all jacked up. Why don't you just get a new one? <laughs> she says to me, she says, oh, Joey, no, I'm not going to get rid of that one. I said, why? You said, she, she, she said, you see, that little pig figurine was the first thing you broke when you visited my house. I said, well, thanks. Now I feel bad. She said to me, she said, what you don't remember or may not remember is that after you broke it, we sat down together, you and me, at the table. And we glued it back together. 
and all those little fractures and pieces and things that are missing are reminders to me that you and me spent some time fixing what was broken. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. A broken you sits in your seat right now where you're at. But heaven sees your brokenness much different than you do. Oh Lord, Look at all the cracks in her spirit. Look at all the pieces of her that are missing. She's just held together with tape and with glue. Oh, yes, my son. But there was a time that she came to an altar. And we sat down at the table together, her and I. And we put together the pieces of her life that were broken. Oh, but God, he's a mess. He's got all kinds of issues. Look at how rough he is on the outside. How in the world can you possibly keep him in the state that he's in? Look at how fractured he is. You're going to call him to sing or preach or pray or go to an altar. You're going to use him? Oh, but you don't see what I see. The devil had smashed him to smithereens, and he came to me one day. And we put him back together. Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. When God puts you back together. You may despise the cracks of your soul, but heaven treasures the cracks of your soul. Don't let the devil win the fact that you're broken. Let your brokenness be made whole today. I implore you in the name of Jesus, don't leave here today without letting the fractures of your spirit be made whole. Some of you have had some horrible things happen to you in your childhood. You've had horrible things happen to you in your life. Don't let those things keep you from being made whole today. If it wasn't for the cracks, the clay would not need a potter. This altar is open. 